feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Heartbreak and outrage in Buffalo, New York. And boy, there are so many questions tonight. I want to take your calls. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This horrible mass shooting that took place at the supermarket in Buffalo. And there are so many questions about the warning signs that were clearly missed. Also now the politics, the finger pointing. We're going to get to that in a second. And also coming up in just literally a few minutes here on the show, the great mega best-selling author and great journalist Bill O'Reilly is going to be joining us here on the show in just about three or four minutes to give us his take on the politics surrounding this and what needs to change in America. And also what needs to change with uh, the left, my goodness, right away there, pointing fingers, pointing blame. I want to get your thoughts about this because I think it is outrageous how some on the left have been politicizing this horrible, horrible tragedy. And if you look at the background of this guy, I do not know, A, why he got a gun. I don't know why he was like checked out further apparently he was checked out back in june and then they basically let him out there are so many questions and i just think that parents school students other people people have a responsibility especially parents where they need to start reporting this kind of stuff if they see that their child is troubled guess what you need to tell authorities because this guy all over his manifesto this guy all over his social media It is just horrible, and it's vile, and it's disgusting, and this guy was clearly a danger to society, and we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and here is first off Garnield Whitfield, who lost his mother. She was one of the victims of this monster. Not just hurting we're angry. Yeah. We're mad. This shouldn't have happened. No, it shouldn't. We do our best to be good citizens, to be good people. We believe in God. We trust Him. We treat people with decency. And we love even our enemies. And you expect us to keep doing this over and over and over again. Over again. Forgive and forget. While the people we elect and trust in offices around this country do their best not to protect us, not to consider us equal, not to love us back, what are we supposed to do? So heartbreaking to hear about the victims. It is such a horrible, disgusting tragedy. And when you hear that this guy was casing out the area, he was casing out Buffalo a few months before. He was seen inside that supermarket, according to eyewitnesses, just a day before. This was clearly a disturbed man who never should have been walking the streets, 
who should have been locked up, mental health, mental evaluation, a million things. Why was he quickly checked in June and then let go? And then there was no red flag when he went to buy the gun. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of Buffalo's police commissioner talking about that. The uh, state police had brought this individual in for a mental health evaluation. Um, He went to the local hospital. He was there for the information we have is about a day and a half was evaluated and then released at that point. And already the Democrats are pointing fingers. And to me, this is so disgusting. Already so many Democrats are saying, oh, it's the MAGA rhetoric. It's the right. It's all of this. To me, this is a mentally disturbed individual who should have been checked earlier. His parents should have noticed. I think other people around him clearly should notice. He was planning on shooting up his school back in June, and they just talked to him, and then after a day said, oh, okay, no problem, let's just let him out. And then he's able to legally buy a gun. I don't think anybody out there thinks somebody with mental issues should be able to buy a gun. But we need to talk about that. We need to talk about repeat offenders. This is not about MAGA, but if you listen to The View, Anna Navarro, take a listen to what one of the hosts there, Anna Navarro, had to say right away. I think it's time to name names and point fingers. Yes. Yeah. Tucker Carlson mentioned the great replacement theory yeah. or some version of that mm-hmm. more than 400 times yeah. on his show yeah. since 2016, according to the New York Times. Elise Stefanik bought ads in, on Facebook. And it's not just them. It's other hosts of Fox News. Mm-hmm. It's other Republican leaders. And they yeah. need to be called out. And listen, if you are an advertiser, advertising on that station, you are part of the problem. If you sit on the board, and are trying to be a civilized person, Paul Ryan, my friend, I'm talking to you, you are part of the problem. If you're a Republican donor tweeting about how bad you feel about this, but you're donating to people like Elise Stefanik, you are part of the problem. If you are a staffer working for them, you are part of the problem. If you are voting for them, you are... That is outrageous. I mean, who was sitting there pointing the finger at Bernie Sanders when Steve Scalise was hit. Remember when that gunman opened fire on the baseball field, injuring severely Steve Scalise and also hurting others? People weren't saying, okay, it's Bernie Sanders, even though the guy was a Bernie Sanders supporter. What about in Waukesha? I mean, there's so many of these different cases, and yet tomorrow President Biden is going to Buffalo. I think it's appropriate to go there to bring the community together, but to politicize it, I think this is horrible. There are so many issues about this, and I can think of nobody better to talk about these very serious issues going on in the country than our next guest. And by the way, he is a blockbuster best-selling author, uh, 18 number one ranked nonfiction books, including his historical killing series. They have been huge with nearly 19 million books in print, also a superb journalist and a great radio host, among many other things. The great Bill O'Reilly joins us now here on the Rita Cosby Show. Bill, thank you so much for joining us, because now you have another blockbuster. It's called Killing the Killers, the Secret War Against Terrorists. Thanks so much, Bill. Sure, Rita. Thanks for inviting me. You know, Bill, um, such an important topic first that I have to get your thoughts on, because, boy, was this just a horrible horrible scene of what happened this weekend in Buffalo. Your thoughts about what happened? 
Well, first of all, the media reaction is predictable, is it not? I mean, the view is a hate fest that uh, ABC News puts on every day, and that's owned by Disney, and they just hate. And I've done that show before it became a hate fest, when Barbara Walters was in charge, I don't know, 12 times, 14 times. Um, and you'll remember they walked out on me once when I said that it was inappropriate to have a mosque on the side of the World Trade Center that was blown up by Muslim terrorists, and they didn't like that and walked out, which was fine with me. Um, Barbara and I had a nice conversation afterward. So the media... <laughs> by the way, I remember that, to, Bill. <laughs> every, yeah, everybody should Google O'Reilly uh, view um, walkout, and you'll see what happened way back when. But everybody should understand that even though there are human tragedies like murder, the unscrupulous immoral, fanatical, political people will exploit the death and the pain of the families for political gain. That's, that's what happens here. And it, it happens all the time. It's been happening for a long time in America. Now, you have a situation in Buffalo where mentally disturbed individual who should never have been allowed, and you rightly said that, to roam around unattended, goes and kills black people. He was hunting black people, and that has been established by the authorities. So we condemn him. And the federal government should prosecute this man, not the state of New York, for two reasons. Number one, what he did was a terror act. It was designed solely to create hatred in this country between blacks and whites. That's why he did it. So it's a terrorist act, and I'm the best expert on terrorists you're ever going to talk to. And then the federal government has the death penalty, whereas New York. They does not. I don't believe in the death penalty, but if anybody qualifies, it's this guy. The question I asked uh, just before your program on, on Common Sense on WABC was, where was this guy's parents? I have an 18-year-old boy, and if my son were uh, ordered to go to psychiatric evaluation because he threatened to kill his schoolmates, believe me, he wouldn't be driving around in an automobile. And so that's a question that has to be asked in addition to the state of New York makes it very difficult, as you may know, Rita, to keep people in custody unless they commit a crime. And that's the ACLU. So you can be the worst person on earth, but unless you are caught in the commission of a crime, hard to hold you in New York State. And that's why this guy wasn't being held. But getting back to the overarch of the story, I don't in – a, in a noble nation that hadn't lost its mind as we have here in America, everybody would together condemn the terror activity, grieve with the families who lost people in Buffalo, and leave the politics out of it for a while. Is that too much to ask? So – what you see now from Biden on down 
is Biden's agenda is to sell a message to America that white supremacy is the biggest threat to your security. That's what his message is. This is the president of the United States. That's preposterous. And if you, when you read Killing the Killers, you'll see how preposterous that is. You would assume that the FBI, which has authority to monitor neo-Nazi groups in this country, would have a handle on the situation. And if it were such a dire threat, we would have seen a lot of perp walks, Rita, a lot of arrests. We haven't seen any. Absolutely. And, Peter, Bill, so, what about also the hypocrisy, too, of, like, he's going tomorrow, you know, to Buffalo. Again, I think that that's important as a president. But go to these other scenes. He doesn't go to these other scenes. No, he didn't come to New York when the guy who shot up the subway obviously didn't like white people. And he didn't come in to uh, make a statement in New York City because it's not in his agenda. His agenda is to tell the American people we're, we're a bad country. We hunt down black people to hurt them. I, Joe Biden, are a defender of the black people, of the underdogs. So vote for me, Joe Biden. That's it. If Joe Biden cared about black people, which he does not, he would have federalized Chicago, which just today announced a curfew because they have so many black people being murdered in the streets, and this has been going on for 15 years. If he really cared, Biden, he would have brought federal authorities to Chicago to stop the murder. He did not, and he will not. And the other issue, too, also, Bill, is, of course, black-on-black crime. Sadly, so many of the numbers are black-on-black crime. Overwhelming, and people can look them up. The Manhattan Institute has them on their website. Overwhelming. But, you know, it's not so much the black-on-black crime that disturbs me. It's the blatant racism of not protecting poor black Americans. That's That's racist. So if you get defenseless people living in horrible neighborhoods that are controlled by drug gangs, and we have them in New York and in Chicago and in L.A. and on and on, and you don't protect those poor people from the drug gangs who are killing thousands of people right now, that's a racist act because you know if you were in Beverly Hills and thousands of white people were being gunned down there, the government would do something about it. Correct? Correct. And what a travesty that is, just as you said, it has to be equal justice and equal protection. Um, Bill yeah, O'Reilly, stay with us if you could. And, and Bill, sure. absolutely. Stay with us because I want to make sure we get to what you do believe is an enormous threat to the American homeland and to world security. Um, you reveal it in your amazing new book. It's called Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue with the great Bill O'Reilly right after these few minutes. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we continue now with the Rita Cosby Show with the great Bill O'Reilly, who has a blockbuster new book. It is called Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against the Terrorists. 
It is the 11th book in his extremely popular killing series. And all of them have been like huge number ones. And this one, I'm sure, will be too. Bill O'Reilly, you know, we talked about the threat, of course, of what happened in Buffalo. But your research, you got some really powerful documents, these national security documents, and talked to some high-level officials, national security folks who never really talked before. You really blow the lid off what is a huge threat to America and the world. Yeah, New Yorkers and Americans should know what's being done in their name to protect them. Um, Killing the Killers is the best reporting I've ever done, Rita. We uh, managed to convince national security advisors from David Petraeus and the Bush, the younger administration, all the way up to the end of the Trump administration to talk with us on the on the record, I told them I wouldn't quote them, but and I wouldn't put anything in the book that would endanger America. But I wanted to know exactly what happened in the takedown of bin Laden, the assassination of, of uh, al Baghdadi, um, the Hellfire missile strike on Soleimani. So we give information that the viewer, the reader, the listener has never heard before about the war on terror, which is ongoing, as you know. Al Qaeda reconstituting in uh, Afghanistan. That's how we end the book. In the tremendous debacle that Joe Biden uh, heaped upon us in Afghanistan, Al Qaeda's back there. And why are they back? For only one reason they want to kill infidels. And who's at the top of the infidel list? That would be New Yorkers and Americans. So you need to know that the threat is there. What is going on every day? This war is ongoing. There's a ground war in Africa. Nobody knows about it. U.S. Special Forces on the ground uh, fighting ISIS and Boko Haram there. The unbelievable weaponry developed under Donald Trump, who spent $1.4 trillion to upgrade the military, nobody knows where that money went. Well, it went to space weapons, much of it, and surveillance. A drone uh, three miles above us right now, Rita, can read the name of a golf ball sitting in the grass. It is unbelievable stuff that wow. we have, which acts as a constraint against Putin and Xi. They don't have these weapons. So all of that is in Killing the Killers. It'll debut at number one this Sunday in the New York Times. I'm sure they're thrilled oh, about that. congrats. I knew it would. I had a feeling yeah, there, Bill. The 18th, 18th uh, bestseller uh, I've had nonfiction. No human being who's ever walked the planet has done that. And I'm wow, from Levittown. Congrats. And Levittown should be <laughs> proud of me. Levittown, by the way, is extremely proud of you, as I think the whole country is. I mean, this is amazing. And I think it's so important, Bill, because we're seeing all these components with, as you talk about, with Russia and China and with Ukraine. We're thinking of Iran. Um, You also talk about uh, the war against uh, Soleimani. Um, You talk about that, how powerful that was as, you know, he's basically U.S. enemy number one. You take you in that book, the last 24 hours of his life, almost minute by minute, and when he is wiped off the planet by a Hellfire missile um, that was launched from space, the only thing left of Soleimani was a finger with a ring on it. And that's how they ID'd him. I have a picture of the finger and the ring in Killing the Killers. That's how in-depth this book is. Now, do you feel better about American security, or are you yes. more concerned after reading no, this, after going it. through all this incredible research? Yeah, I mean, look, I have no use for Joe Biden as president. I think he's befuddled, and, and I don't think he can uh, even absorb information anymore. 
So that is a real problem for every American. But the weaponry that we have, and Biden has not dismantled the CIA and NSA, which are responsible for protecting us against foreign terrorists. As we said earlier, the FBI is responsible for domestic terrorists. So I, when you read this book, you will feel better about your country's capability in defending you and getting the bad guys and taking them out. Well, Bill, this is extraordinary work. And the fact that you think this is your best work yet, that says a lot because you've done a great, great work before now. Again, the 18th best-selling book, it's called Killing the Killers, Everybody, The Secret War Against Terrorists. Uh, what a blockbuster, and it could not be more timely from the great Bill O'Reilly. Bill, thank you so much, and keep up the awesome work. All right, really, congrats on the good ratings late night, and uh, I'm really happy to be talking to you this evening. Thank you, Bill. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Minden, Louisiana, where five Minden police officers saved the life of a young man. And they are now receiving an award themselves called the Life Saving Award. The officers have been dispatched to investigate a gunshot. And when they arrived, they found a young man had been shot in the neck. He was in dire threat of bleeding out. So the officers applied pressure to the injury and got him to the hospital in a squad car more quickly than an ambulance could have possibly arrived. And the chief of police there said that they did a superb job that night, that he is so proud of the officers. And he firmly believes that their first aid efforts, their quick training, their quick decision-making to transport the young man to the hospital certainly saved his life. And he also said they absolutely deserve this life-saving award Also, I think basically every single police officer should receive that because every single day they're out there protecting each and every one of us. But what a beautiful story here coming from Minden, Louisiana, in one of my favorite segments that we get to do every night here on the show, Back the Blue. Well, you know, by the way, we are talking about this horrible case of the mass shooting that took place in Buffalo. And one of the most powerful stories, by the way, that came out of that is this former police officer who was then a security guard who when this shooter walked in, this crazed, mentally deranged 18-year-old guy walks in and he had already opened fire, remember, in the parking lot. Then he goes into the Topps grocery store there in Buffalo. Um, Horrible, hate-filled, disgusting shooter, this horrible man who goes in and opens fire and killed all these people. Well, the security guard, who was a former police officer, tried to stop him. And he opened fire on him, trying to shoot him multiple times. The shooter then returned fire because the shooter actually had body armor on him. And he took the life of that security guard. He was among the 10 people that lost their lives, sadly, over the weekend in Buffalo. And we're talking about this horrible case of this 18-year-old deranged man. And you just heard Bill O'Reilly here on the show who uh, came out with his powerful book called Killing the Killers. The book is about the biggest threats to America, and that is 
foreign threats. That's, oh, those are terrorists. Those are Soleimani. Uh, you know, those are, you know, part of the, you know, uh, Iranian guard. It, it's individuals like that. It's the Boko Haram. It's all these other people that are looking at al-Qaeda, ISIS, all those divisions. And as we're talking about that, if you listen to the Democrats, they believe the Republicans are basically the biggest threats to America. I mean, the way that they politicized this horrible shooting, this guy clearly was mentally deranged. I think he obviously never should have had a gun. I think he never should have been walking the streets. A uh, Bill brought up a great point. He talked about parents. Where were this kid's parents? I really want to know because the parents, I would imagine, would have known that he had been called in when the school interviewed him back in June. Apparently the school brought in state authorities to interview this guy back in June because he had threatened to open fire in school. Guess what? That's not a normal thing. If you have a kid who is talking about opening fire in school on his classmates and then state authorities go and talk to this kid, they brought him in for mental evaluation. He was apparently at a a place for mental, you know, checking his criteria, his mental awareness. He was there for about a day and a half. Then he got back out and put back in the streets and goes back to school. I mean, does any of this make any sense? To anybody? And where were his parents? This guy had all this horrible racist rantings all over not only the weapons that he used, as we know, and not only this manifesto that he wrote, but all over social media. Apparently, he was putting all these horrible, horrible, like racist, disgusting things all over the place. And you're telling me that when he went home, he was so different that he was like, you know, like a church choir boy? What were his parents doing? And it reminds me so much of even the case I thought about, this horrible case. Remember in Michigan, too, there was the case and where the parents are now actually being charged because in that case, the parents knew the kid was deranged and still got him a gun and basically said, don't tell anybody. In this case, the kid was able to get the gun. The 18-year-old guy was able to get the gun legally because they weren't able to see in his background that he had even had any mental evaluations, that there had been any issues. And because he hadn't, quote, committed a crime, there was nothing that was red flagging it when they were going to sell him the gun. So he was able to, quote, legally obtain it. So there are so many issues here that just need to be answered. And yet, if you listen to the liberal media, boy, they basically said the worst people in the world are Republicans or Democrats, and basically said that Republicans have blood on their hands. This is horrible. It is so wrong and so incorrect. But take a listen. This is Anna Navarro of The View. I want to read the tweet that Liz Cheney wrote today, because I echo this, and every Republican with a conscience should be saying the same. The House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse. The GOP leaders must renounce and reject these views and those who hold them. Kevin McCarthy, I'm waiting for you. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Kevin McCarthy, what is responsible for this? The GOP is responsible for this? Think about some of the other shootings that have happened. As Bill Apley brought up, he was talking about, remember the New York subway shooter? 
he obviously had these horrible, vile, you know, anti-white writings online. I mean, just disgusting, horrible things. And yet, were people saying, oh, well, this is what the Democrats fault somehow? Or or when the Bernie Sanders, the guy who was a self-professed Bernie Sanders supporter, opened fire on a ball field and seriously injured Steve Scalise and others? Did people say, oh, this is all Bernie Sanders fault? No. I mean, people are deranged and they're horrible and they should not be out on the streets. I mean, we need to do something to break the system. But saying suddenly it's a Republican or a Democrat issue, to me, that is disgusting. And here is Jim Acosta of CNN. He went after Fox News and their most prominent host. When the New York Times recently ran an expose on Carlson's record of promoting white nationalism and replacement theory, he tweeted out this, a picture of himself holding up the article, the front page of the New York Times, and laughing about it. Uh, Derek, as you know, millions of people absorb this garbage on a regular basis on his program. Fox does nothing about it. Uh, They make millions of dollars off of it. We have not shied away from calling that out uh, and calling Tucker out on this program because what he is doing is very dangerous. That, to me, is absolutely shameful, that they are blaming it on various TV hosts, blaming it on the GOP, Kevin McCarthy, um, Trump. You hear them talking about MAGA. I mean, this is outrageous. This was clearly a deranged, mentally ill, hate-filled man. And this has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. This, to me, is shameful. And this finger-pointing and the politicizing by the left on an issue like this, it's like they're doing stump speeches. Within seconds, it sounded like they were doing stump speeches. Shame on them. Let's go to your calls tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave and Comac. Dave, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, Dave. Well, so this is, I tend to disagree with you on this. I'm not voting for Trump. That's what your uh, that's what your goal is. Let me tell you something. The white supremacy started on the Donald Wait, 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 wait. Dave, hang on. Dave, hold on. You you ha- you said 5,000 words in about 2 seconds. What did you think my goal is to just be honest? This guy should have been locked up. He never should. I'm being honest listen, with you, I'm too, so go that. ahead. I'm not debating that, but his parents are to blame for that. But but listen, the white Wait a minute, Dave. Dave, hang on. Dave, 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 hang on. Dave, I'll let you get into your little white supremacy rant, okay? Because I do think this guy obviously was an evil man. He clearly was against black people. He's a disgusting, vile human being filled with hate. So that, but let me just get back to what you said about the parents, because I do want to talk about that too. I think the parents clearly should have known something. Your kid doesn't just get suddenly interviewed by state officials, and he, they, they would have known about that, okay? So they would have known that he was investigated, he was questioned. You think that that's a normal thing for parents to suddenly have state law enforcement interview your kid about threats that he was making about opening fire on a school and you think that that's okay and and then he gets a firearm and he's all over social media with these rants that were going on for some time it's not like he suddenly erupted this was and then he was casing out the areas driving cars i mean why were they not watching this kid better i again it's not it's not all their fault by any means i'm not saying it's clearly this guy's fault but there had to have been something to the parents. It's not a normal thing to have a child who is being looked at by state authorities 
for opening fire on a school and you think that, oh, no big deal, my kid's fine. I'm not debating Dave, I'll let you respond. uh, Yeah, but I'll let you respond and then I'll let you go to the next one. Don't you think there's something wrong if the parents didn't step up and say, I need to monitor this kid because that is not a normal thing for a child to be thinking or considering? I agree with you on that point, but I heard also, tell me if I'm wrong on this, in, in writing that their parents gave him the gun. No, I don't think in this case. I think he obtained it. Actually, I can find out. Actually, I don't know that. I know he got it legally. Put it this way. I, apparently, he got this legally. I can check. I know in the Michigan case, the parents gave him a gun. That was a different case. In this case, I know from what we saw, and maybe, you, maybe you've seen something more in the last few minutes than I have, but I know there did not seem to be a dispute that he got it through legal means. At least the checks were legal. It, my interpretation of that was that he got it and that whoever checked him, they didn't see any crime because he didn't commit a crime. He just was thinking of committing a crime when they talked to him back in June. Pretty sure I remember reading that his father gave him the gun. Yeah, I'll take a look because I know in the, either way, either way, I have not seen that that if, that, if that's the case, that's even worse, by the way. Can I say one thing, Dave? If that's the case, that's even worse if that's the deal. Don't you think? I mean, you don't give the kid a gun. You don't, a kid, you don't give a kid who's got a screw loose a gun. Well, listen, there was another case like that where the parents gave the kid the gun also. That's what I was talking about in Michigan. In for Sharon, the Michigan case, they got the kid the gun, and then they, the mother, they actually went after the parents in that case because in that case, it was very clear there were even writings by, it was the mother who said, you know, basically don't tell anybody, you know, ba 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 like it, like they were clearly, and, but in that case, the kid was not allowed to get the gun. They got the gun for him, gave him the gun, and said basically don't tell anybody, you know, I mean, so that, that really raised the stakes in that case. They knew they had a troubled kid there too, and they were called in to the guidance counselor. The guidance counselor said, hey, what's going on? Turns out the day that they were talking to the kid, he had the gun in the backpack. I mean, it's like it, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Dave, thank you very much. Great call. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Go ahead, Stan. Anna Navarro is a Republican. Liz Cheney is a Republican. Okay? What is it that you don't get when she says about her party? And it's true because she she happily she happily blasts 90 percent of her party, Stan. You know, she's just because she's a Republican. It doesn't mean she's not going to blast. There are different layers, as you know, she's so anti-Trump. You think Liz Cheney likes Donald Trump? Clearly, no. Good for her. The point is this. The wait, 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 wait. Why good for her, Stan? This is all about because you don't like Trump. No, I'm not talking about Trump. The Southern Poverty Law Center in Atlanta, you've heard of them, has been monitoring uh, these type of cases for over 30 years. They have Absolutely. Increased, they have increased by almost 40 to 50 percent since the Trump administration because of things that he said. Remember that great comment about the thing when they had the riot down there? And I think it was, Miss, I forgot the specific place, where he said, these people are just as good as these people. That comment is the worst thing that could have happened because it gives them privilege to think that they can attack people. Now, I didn't hear you mention at all that a good percentage of these people are people of color. There were two white people killed, but you don't mention that at all, do you? You don't talk about I it. Actually, I actually stand, stand, 
Stan, if you got the wax out of your ears, you would have been able to figure out that what I actually said was that this guy was a hate-filled man, and he clearly was on a rampage. There, to, Believe me, there is nothing about this man that I like or that I respect or that I appreciate or anything else at all. This man, and by the way, also, I just want to correct one thing. The last caller said that uh, they thought the parents, the Buffalo suspect did buy the gun. He bought the rifle months after the cops ordered that psychiatric evaluation. So I was correct. I just wanted to make sure there was no new information for Dave who just called. So I was correct on what I said there, that he actually bought the gun himself because they did not see uh, that he he had not committed a crime at that point. He just had a psych evaluation. But to your point, Stan, this was clearly a man who hated black people. He was a white guy, and it's disgusting. And anybody who does that is horrible and is disgusting. There's no gray with that, Stan. But for some reason, you know, you seem to think it's it's all about Trump. Let me give you another number since you like numbers, Stan. There has been a 25-year high in murder rates under President Biden. 25-year high. This is your guy. So, I mean... You know, if you want to start, I don't blame Biden for that. You don't point fingers after this. Do you think that let me just ask you on the baseball shooting. You think it was Bernie Sanders fault? The guy was a Bernie Sanders supporter. So should Bernie Sanders be responsible for that? He should have been arrested and he was arrested and gotten. The- Who, you, Ber- you mean Bernie Sanders? Is that where you're going? Not Bernie Sanders, the guy that shot the congressman. Correct. Remember the congressman? I agree. And And by the way, this guy, this guy. Absolutely. I'm glad this guy's arrested and he should spend the left, rest of his life behind bars. You know, I mean, this is disgusting. Rita, one thing. Mr. O'Reilly is wrong. I know you had him on. The threat is not from outside. It is from within. Most of what's happening here is tearing the nation apart. Not from outside. We can handle the outside. Okay. Oh, I don't. By the way, by the way. No, I, I actually strongly disagree, Stan. There are issues. Listen, there's racism in America, and that needs to stop. That's There's horrible things that happen in America that absolutely nobody, I don't think, condones that. That is just disgusting and it's shameful. But for you to act like that is the biggest threat in the world, that is absolutely, I don't think it's the case. That is all politics. And I think so much of that is a Democratic talking point, and you are buying into it, my friend. Not buying into I'll nothing, give you the last Rita. word. Go ahead, Stan. I'm not buying into nothing. The major point is I'm not worried about the outside. We can handle the outside people. It's the inside within ourselves. We are the worst enemy of ourselves. Okay, there is a dark side to the American people. Every country has it. We have found ours, and it's disgusting. Not just uh, it's it's here. I mean, it's going to be here, and I don't see it stopping. I don't see an answer. Uh, these ideas that we should have town meetings is a waste of time because the dead want to be held and asking for help. The dead, okay? Nobody speak about, well, you know, we need to have a town meeting. What can we do? You know, we've had uh, Columbine. We had Las Vegas. We had Connecticut. We've had this. And, and Stan, listen, Stan, those are, ab- those are, believe me, those are gut-wrenching. And I, I agree with you on all of that. On the other hand, I also think pointing fingers in the wrong direction is irresponsible. We are one country and we should act like one country. And those that are doing evil deed, no matter whatever, you know, race, creed, color, religion, Republican, Democrat, whatever it is, 
that person is an evil person and needs to be held accountable. This is not, this is just, uh, to me, there is so much politics of it, and that part of it is absolutely disgusting. I'd agree with you, I definitely disagree with you on a lot of what you've said, but stand. I appreciate your call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And I'm sorry, but I am all fired up after talking to Stan, who clearly has it, I think, all wrong. And he is buying into these Democratic political talking points. And to me, it's outrageous that within almost minutes of this horrible, deadly shooting that happened in Buffalo, this hate-filled man opened fire on a a black supermarket. He targeted that community because of the African-American population in that community it was shameful. It was disgusting. He is clearly mentally deranged. But for Stan and some of these Democrats to take the leap that now suddenly this is the GOP to blame or it's Trump uh, specifically or it's Kevin McCarthy. I mean, this is outrageous. Let's go to your calls, everybody. It's one 800 848 Eight four eight nine two two two, and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Patrick in Tennessee. Go ahead, Patrick. Your thoughts. Hi, Mrs. Cosby. Thank you uh, for taking my call, ma'am. I'm and glad you called like in. What do you think? What do you make? What do I make? Wage wise? Yeah. What do you make of this? The truck driver. Oh. oh hey. No, no. All right. Well. By um, the way, what do you make of this? <laughs> um, I, I'm glad. Biden's going to Buffalo tomorrow, I think it is, to make a, an inflamed speech about uh, anti-firearms. And the only thing I can really think, the, good, the only good thing that's going to come out of that is he, he's going to be the greatest salesman for the munitions and firearms manufacturers in America because the people are starting to wise up, think, hey, the government's not so good. Oh, very interesting. So you think that this will actually backfire and that it will actually maybe reinforce uh, the Second Amendment? Oh, it's going to be a resounding success for the people who believe in the Second Amendment. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know what? You know what's fascinating, Patrick? You bring up a very powerful point. Because as I was just talking about, too, with uh, Crazy Stan, who just called in, I don't know if you heard him, um, but... 25-year high, sadly, of murder rate under this president. And by the way, 16 cities right now that have hit homicide rates, their homicide high rates, uh, basically all run by Democratic mayors. And in a lot of these places, people are now very much reinforcing the Second Amendment and appreciating it even more because they're worried about crime. You know, they're worried about what's happening. Um, they're worried about, you know, what they even saw at that, sadly, at that supermarket, they want to make sure that they're protected. If somebody crazy like that comes into their supermarket. So when you're right, in many ways, this will actually, I think, backfire. And I think a lot of people see the politics for what it is. Patrick, thank you very much. You got to call in again. Great to get your call. And everybody, we're going to continue talking about this after the break. Feisty, fearless, and fair. 
she's an Emmy-winning journalist. From the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight we are talking about that horrible shooting, that mass shooting in Buffalo. The killer now apparently had a 180-page manifesto saying that he was radicalized online on social media, also threatening at one point last year to shoot at his high school, to shoot up classmates at his high school. He was talked to by authorities, and then after a mental evaluation, they released him. So how did this 18-year-old who was so fueled with racist hatred, you know, get the body armor, the tactical gear, get the gun that he used, that he purchased himself to do this shooting? Apparently there were other guns. There's reports that there were other guns apparently in the vehicle including one that potentially his father may have bought for him. So that's kind of interesting. That may open the door for that one. But the one that was used in the shooting, he apparently bought and bought it legally because when he bought the gun, remember, he's 18 years old, they didn't see that there was any criminal history. So what the heck is going on? There are so many questions here tonight. And I just think so much of this has to do with a mental health has to do with these warning signs when you hear that somebody is mentally disturbed. And it's even if it's your child, guess what? You have a responsibility to not just say, oh, gosh, my child wanted to shoot things up in the school and let's just make sure he has some guns, including one that maybe his father had bought him in the past that was found in the vehicle. There's reports about that. And then he actually legally buys one. I mean, to me, there are so many questions here about this particular case. It is outrageous. And what I find is so outrageous is that there is finger pointing by the Democrats. First, take a listen. This is Leo Terrell. And, of course, uh, the great sort of you know defense attorney and political commentator on Fox News. And he just said that this is just about pure evil, pure hate. Take a listen. It was motivated by race. That's undisputed. He hated black people. He wanted to go after black Americans. And unfortunately, he was successful. The pain of that resonates with the entire country. And yet what we have to realize is this type of hate exists on both sides. And the application of justice has to be applied equally and fairly. But if you listen to Washington Post associate editor Eugene Robinson, he was on Morning Joe on MSNBC, and he said, no, this is not about hate all the way around. This is about one side's hate. Take a listen. No one should call uh, the person accused of this horrific and, and just unspeakable crime a lone gunman. He had backup. Yes. He had backup um, from uh, from the, the killers who came before him in Charleston, in El Paso, in Pittsburgh, um, in uh, uh, and he and in New Zealand. He had that backup, and he also uh, had backup from those who are who are playing footsie with this 
uh, replacement theory uh, in order to win votes, in order to win television ratings, uh, in order to grift the American public uh, in, in, a, in a way that is just unconscionable. Oh, my goodness. This, to me, is outrageous. He had backup pointing the finger. I mean, this is just unbelievable. This guy is clearly mentally deranged. He's a hate monger. He's a disgusting human being. And I hope he never sees the light of day. I'm not talking about Eugene Robinson, even though I'm frustrated with him. I'm talking about the killer. This is so horrible. But for Eugene Robinson to be on there on mainstream media and pointing the finger and blaming Republicans for this guy's rhetoric, that is outrageous. Here's a little bit more of him. Point the finger at people like Elise Stefanik, uh, in the, uh, you know, who's in the Republican leadership, who used to be uh, just a kind of normal, small government, uh, pro-business Republican, uh, saw that was not the way to power, uh, and then went went completely MAGA. Um, uh, you know, wanted wanted the, the party to burn uh, Liz Cheney at the stake for uh, being honest about what happened on January sixth, and now, um, uh, and now she's on Facebook. She's playing with great replacement theory and putting it out there in a in a way that is. Just unspeakable and unthinkable, but it's happening, and it's not just her. This is becoming part of the mainstream ideology of the Republican Party right now, and that is unacceptable, but it's happening, and um, and when, when and how is it going to stop? Because th- this is going to continue. This is predictable. It's going to continue. There are going to be more of these. How shameful is that? To me, this is so disgusting. I want to play also, I want to just read you. This is a comment. This is a tweet that Liz Cheney, who Eugene Robinson was just talking about. The House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, Liz Cheney writes in her tweet. White supremacy and anti-Semitism. History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse. And again, Liz Liz Cheney further says, GOP leaders must renounce and reject these views and those who hold them. I mean, that is the most despicable, shameful, opportunistic comment after this horrible, disgusting tragedy, as if Republicans are embracing this guy in any shape or form. And tomorrow, President Biden is going to go to Buffalo. I think, by the way, that that's a good thing. I think he should be going to many of these scenes. He should be gone. He should have gone to New York after the subway shooter, the African-American who opened fire, who had all those vile, horrible anti-white comments. What about Waukesha? Remember when the guy like mowed down people at the parade? He didn't go there. I think he should be going to all of these different scenes to bring the communities together, to help them heal, to show support but not to use it for political gain. And he is picking and choosing which ones he's going to because they work for a narrative that he and the Democrats are trying to create. And Jonathan Turley, the constitutional scholar, said, you know what, this is not about politics. He says a lot of what happened in this guy's case, obviously he had a disgusting, hate-filled mind, But it really has to do 
with some of the laws in New York State. And he's referring to the red flag law. Take a listen. There were a number of red flags that were raised uh, with this individual. Uh, This law works most effectively when you have an institutionalized individual. That's when you have a regular reporting of that individual's name. When someone is not institutionalized for a significant period, um, they can fall through the cracks. It depends on family. It depends on uh, acquaintances raising the alarm. And that's often very hard. Uh, it's hard because people are reluctant to to escalate uh, a situation. How crazy is that, that they are afraid to escalate a situation? And at a time right now where nerves are frayed, People are nervous, people are concerned, people are on edge. And when you see somebody who's as troubled, whether it's your neighbor or it's your own kid especially, because you probably know your child best, or at least you see some of his habits, for you not to report this, and for authorities, by the way, even in this case, you know, the red flag law basically says, as Jonathan Turley says, if they don't stay behind you know, for a long time, you can't really red flag him. And this kid apparently was evaluated for about a day and a half. And then he was released. And they said, oh, no problem. So I would actually like to talk to even some of the New York State authorities who interviewed this kid. What were the questions you asked him? Did you talk to the parents at that time? They clearly had to inform the parents. I would be curious. What did the parents say at that point? What did the school say at that point? Was that the only one that we know about? Are there more? There seems to be a lot of warning signs here that clearly were missed. And he was writing his rantings, his disgusting, horrible, racist rantings all over social media. But again, these are not Republican faults. How dare the Democrats use this and politicize it? That, to me, is unbelievable. Let's go to your calls, everybody. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Go ahead, Alice, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. A little history lesson. Uh, Dave was wrong. Donald Trump did not start white supremacy. A Confederate general, Nathan Bedford Forrest, founded the KKK December 24th, 1865, although... I'm sure prejudice existed before then. Uh, In one way, Stan was correct. Uh, If we fall, we'll fall uh, from our own problems. Well, Abraham Lincoln said, if this nation fails, it will not be from without, it will be from within. And we have such weak leadership in Washington. I don't know how, I'm just wondering how we're going to get through to the midterm. Yeah, you know what? I do worry, Alice. It's interesting that you bring that up. Um, and I don't agree with Stan and the fact that um, that it is uh, the greatest threat, domestic terrorism. I do agree that the infighting is, is just horrible. It just seems to be so politicized by the left. And that's what I think is so disgusting. I think evil is evil and it needs to be quashed out and all good Americans need to stand up against bad Americans. That's, you know, to me, there's not a Republican, it's not a Democrat. Um, But I agree with you in the sense that we are so divided and issues have become so political. And 
and and events have become so political. I mean, one of the things I think about, Alice, too, is I think about how about all of the race riots, all the different, like, protests that were taking place, remember, in the summer of 2020. And, you know, there were people that were peacefully marching, and I'm all for peaceful protests. I, I think, you know, discussion, dialogue, all of that is a, is a good thing. That's America. That's the beauty of America, peaceful protests. The minute it got out of hand, we did not hear our Democratic leaders say a word. They never condemned that. And are you kidding me? Is there anything that was good about seeing people bash police officers' heads or to see people burning down businesses, often even, by the way, black-owned businesses? I mean, you know, they were hurting people often in in neighborhoods where people needed the help and wanted the help. And, and, And to me, it was outrageous what was going on there. And yet they were picking and choosing and not condemning those riots, which to me was shameful. And then yet here at this moment, this guy wasn't saying, you know, uh, I love this or I love that or any of these things that they're turning this into. And, And to me, when I see people politicizing something like this, this to me is absolutely despicable. And you bring up a great point that Republicans have to fight back harder because when something like this comes out and it is so blatantly transparent what the Democrats are doing, they need to say, stop this. This is shameful. Do not do this to these good people. Let's focus on doing things that are good and constructive as opposed to creating this division. But if you listen to the Democrats, it's like division was only created by the Republicans and their mother, Teresa, on the other side. Go ahead, Alice. I hope the Republicans get their chance and the Democrats are, they're just, I hope they don't blow it. I hope they take the House and take back the Senate and actually do something. It's nice to be a lady and a gentleman, but the Republicans don't fight back. They don't organize. They sit back and, and, oh, dear, dear, you can't do that. Sometimes you have to get down and dirty because this is how the Democrats are fighting. They're petty. It's nasty. They take advantage of a bad situation. And the world is watching, and we look horrible. Yeah, And they need to stand up also because when people make outrageous allegations, they need to come back and say, enough. You know, like this is this is the most despicable, disgusting. You can't just let these outlandish comments go. And like you said, be timid and just kind of say, "Okay, well, people are going to see through this. You know, uh, you can't assume that you have to, you know, at least, you know, defend yourself and speak up. Alice, thank you very, very much. Great points. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of the Democrats politicizing this? And as you just heard from Alice, are the Republicans being too nice or is it time to say enough? We're going to take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, I always also love to read your tweets here on the show. You can tweet me at Rita Cosby. And I'll often read your comments. This is coming in from Sally says, what I don't understand 
is how the Buffalo murderer avoided New York's Red Flag Act and not getting placed on the Knicks list. How did he pass that psych exam? By the way, I wonder that, too, because it didn't seem like this guy was hiding his emotions that much. I mean, he wrote this enormous, long manifesto, Sal. He went on and on and on in it. He also had social media rantings that were going on for a while. And he obviously had these thoughts about shooting up his classmates in the school, so much so, and it was so obvious that law enforcement had to come in last June and interview him. And then he was driving around casing location. I mean, there are just all these different things that you have to wonder, what did he do during that psych exam? Or were they the worst evaluators ever when he went before them? But he obviously passed it enough that they were not enough concerned. They said after it was about a day and a half, they said, Sal, that they actually looked at him. I think they brought him to a facility, got checked out. And then at that point, they released him. And there was obviously nothing on his record. So when he went to buy the gun that he used in the shooting, and he had other guns, apparently one of them actually bought by his father. uh, But the one that was actually used in the shooting was one that he legally bought. And that one, because there was nothing that flagged it when he went to the gun dealer, they didn't see there was no crime, didn't show that he was a guy with mental instability. But why were his parents and why was the school and why was law enforcement not kind of following this kid? I mean, there's a lot of questions here, guys, as to why this guy, this 19, 18-year-old monster, was able to be free and didn't seem to be surveilled or checked. Who was watching this guy? Was there someone who should have been doing like a routine check maybe three months later to make sure that when someone says they're going to open fire on a class, that you don't just go, okay, he seems to be fine, let's move on. I really have a lot of questions in this case. It is just abominable. You know, and I think about the Newtown shooting case too, guys. I covered the Newtown shooting, remember, in Connecticut. And then in that case, that guy had so many mental issues. He had so many times where the school intervened and talked to him. He was on medication for his depression and suicidal and homicidal thoughts. And then the mother in that case went to the shooting range with the kid and was teaching him how to use a gun. Are you kidding me? And the kid sadly ultimately killed his mother and also killed his classmates, two young kids at a school, I should say, went to that school. But it was such an accident waiting to happen when you see the kid's track record. Like who would let anybody with mental instabilities near a gun? And somebody who says they're going to open fire on a class, you don't have a routine check on the kid. You don't, like, follow up with the parents, follow up with the school, maybe go re-interview the kid, see if you missed something in the first evaluation. My goodness, there are a lot of questions tonight. Let's go to your calls, everybody. Let's go to J.C. in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. J.C., your thoughts about this? Hey, Rita. How are you? So, I'm good, but I am I'm angry, and I'm really sad for the community in Buffalo. Those those poor victims, these amazing, you know, you just hear these stories of these incredible human beings whose lives were cut short by this monster, and I have so many questions as to why he was allowed, you know, to walk free, who was checking on him, who was monitoring him, and then I'm angry at the Democrats playing politics with this. It's it's just unfortunate. There's so many crazy people in the world. But let me let me put it to you this way, Rita. 
Yeah, I'm a happy go guy, a happy, happy guy, going guy. You know, I I say hello to everybody. I talk to everybody. I I welcome adversity. And you know what? It doesn't matter to me who you are, what you are. You know, a couple of years ago, I was just a good guy. You know what I am now? I'm white, so I'm hated. Okay, I believe in Trump, MAGA. So I got to. I'm a white supremacist. I I don't like killing babies. So that I have a target on my back. So I say that all of those lamestream journalists, okay, and loony leftists are just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than this shooter. No, you're right. And JC, that you're right, JC, that rhetoric that they are spewing is so destructive, so divisive. And we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military, a powerful story coming from Augusta, Maine, where a war veteran who was laid to rest in Augusta earlier this month, many people thought, well, only a few people will attend, but a couple hundred showed up to honor him for a man who said while he was alive that he didn't have a lot of family. Well, that was not the case at his funeral. Get this, more than 200 people from Maine, also veterans came out, uh, and they came to pay their respect to Linwood Bryant Ray, a 76-year-old veteran. Most of the people that attended the funeral never met. And that is thanks to a post on Facebook from Bangor Area Veterans United that was also shared by the Maine Veterans Project. And get this, that post was shared more than a thousand times. People like Maine resident Jacqueline Quattrell showed up. She said, I'm here because we need to thank him and all our veterans for everything that they do. He was born, by the way, in 1945 to parents Vester and Dorothy of North Carolina. And then the veteran joined the U.S. Air Force in 1965, and he served for eight years during the Vietnam War. He died in April at the Maine Veterans Home in Bangor, where he had lived for several years and didn't have a lot of family members that were still alive. But for people like Jacqueline Cottrell, who come from a family that served, she said it is great to see Mainers taking care of their own. She said, quote, we are living under a blanket of freedom that they provided. I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be today than be right here honoring this man. What a great story. And I hope that every veteran's funeral has hundreds of people attending and saying thank you for your service. Well, we are talking about this horrible story that happened in Buffalo, the mass shooting that took place, and Democrats know so quickly pointing the fingers. And I just find it reprehensible when I see a lot of these liberal commentators and liberal politicians saying, oh, it's about MAGA, it's about Republicans, it's about their rhetoric. Are you kidding me? This was this horrible, hate-filled man who was a racist, who opened fire, who openly targeted a black 
populated area of Buffalo. And in fact, some of the new details that we're learning tonight, it's so sad that this was not just going to be his only target, the Topps supermarket there in Buffalo. He first opened fire on the parking lot. Then he went inside and opened fire on individuals there. Then he was arrested. Thank goodness he was taken into custody because some new details showed that that was just basically target number one and that apparently he was planning to go to other locations in Buffalo and open fire. And he had two other weapons in his car, too, at least two other guns. So, boy, was this absolutely horrific and could have been even worse. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with the family and the community up there. Uh, I've been to Buffalo many, many times And the people are there are just extraordinary. The mayor, by the way, I've met him a number of times. We marched together at the uh, at the Polish parade there. Um, And it's such an incredible community there in Buffalo. And the community, I'm happy to hear, is united and united against hate. But yet many politicians are using this moment and finger pointing, saying it's Republicans. It's this. It's that. This is a mentally deranged man who never should have seen the light of day. And his parents and other people, I think, should have clearly seen the warning signs. And I think they turned a blind eye. It begs so many questions here. Where were his parents? Where were school officials? Where were authorities who interviewed the guy? And Jonathan Turley, constitutional scholar, says this is a case where there needs to be a lot of focus. This is not a Republican-Democrat issue. This should not be politicized. This is clear. If somebody's evil and they are a hate monger and they are somebody who would target African-Americans, this person doesn't deserve to exist. They're horrible. They're despicable. And Jonathan Turley said the focus needs to be making sure that these people do not slip through the cracks. Take a listen. But the focus on the weapons themselves, in many ways, is misleading. You know, when 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 you have politicians that mm-hmm. say, "I we've got to control," you know, gun crime, so I'm going to start banning guns again. Those have been struck down in court, and they're not going to meaningfully reduce. Uh, gun crimes. You have to focus on those people who are committing these offenses. And that includes the mentally unstable, but also uh, recidivist, habitual mm-hmm. offenders that yeah. use these weapons. That's where you can make a serious dent in uh, gun crimes. And Leo Terrell of Fox News says he has a lot of questions for the parents in this case, as do I. Families know that there is a loved one inside their household that needs help. The hardest thing for family members to do is to turn their child, their daughter, their sons into or request for mental health issues. That is very hard. And that's why these things happen. This was a total surprise to the city of Buffalo. It was a total surprise, I'm sure, to a lot of people. But the family, we need to know more about that, Bill. And not only in this case, but in other cases. Yeah, we need to know a lot about this because clearly there is something really wrong with the system that this kid ever was let out. It was clear that he had a problem and it was clear that a lot of balls were dropped in this case. But that's not a reason 
to say, oh, it's Kevin McCarthy's fault. It's Republicans fault. It's this fault. I mean, that is so disgusting. These stump speeches. And we're probably going to see another one tomorrow because President Biden is going up to Buffalo. He doesn't go to Chicago to talk about the gun crime there or to talk about the, the huge skyrocketing homicide rate there. Doesn't go to the border. Doesn't go, you know, didn't come to New York after the subway shooting. And remember, by the way, also, when the two cops were shot, which was just horrible in New York, he came a day later to talk about gun crime, but he didn't come the day of the funeral. It would have been really powerful had he come to the funeral to show respect to the police officers, because that was an atrocious, horrible crime against our incredible law enforcement. And he didn't come for that. But he's going up to Buffalo, and I'm glad he's going to Buffalo, but he should be going to these other cases, too. He should not be politicizing and picking and choosing which scenes he decides to go to versus the other. You know why he's going to certain ones versus the other. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in Los Angeles, line five. Go ahead, David, your thoughts. Oh, this is great news for the Democrats. Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, high-fiving each other, kicking their heels up in the air. It didn't work with Jesse Smollett, but now it's proven. White people, white supremacy, he targeted black neighborhoods. Like you said, Rita, don't talk about the past thousand black people killed by blacks in their own neighborhood. Eric Adams talked about that. He was called a white face, you know, sounded like a Republican. This just proves Republicans, the white supremacists, and that the real problem is it's, it's about white supremacists. And this guy represents every white person and all Republicans. They couldn't. And then we got a black, gay, female press secretary now. Perfect timing. Everything worked out perfectly for the Democrats. What a great you know what's in, You know what's interesting, David? Did you hear what I was saying before, too, that— that with the Black Lives Matter protests, which were unconscionable, uh, and I'm one of those people, if I see evil, I don't care when somebody does something wrong, if they're, it doesn't matter what political persuasion, they're a bad person is a bad person. Okay, so they're out there protesting, they're bashing bricks, and I'm talking not everybody, there were a lot of peaceful people out there, that's fine. But the ones that really were taking advantage of the situation, burning down buildings, burning down police stations, beating people, uh, killing people, because there were deaths, too, during those riots of 2020. There were more than 500 riots. We never heard the Democrats condemning it. And I'm talking about specifically leaders. And in fact, Nancy Pelosi said they're going to riot and they should keep on rioting. I I mean, that's unconscionable. They're burning down cities. They're attacking officers. And they're encouraging it. Kamala Harris, same thing. She was actually endorsing, telling people to donate to the fund that was bailing them out. And yet they didn't say anything there. Like that kind of destruction was okay. And yet somebody who does this obviously is wrong. But boy, this selective condemnation is shameful, David. Don't you think? It is so transparent. Yes, and here's the problem. There is a real issue with black-on-black killings in their own neighborhood. Stores are closing, stray bullets going through windows. But now we have one incident. It is horrific, but it's an anomaly. One person, one incident, and now it's going to be the 
entire narrative, and nobody's going to be saying, what do we do about the crime in the black neighborhoods that's very real, thousands and thousands of people. So it's, it's, it's terrible, and it's going to really mess everything up. And, you know, yesterday they had the Billboard Music Awards, and Morgan Whalen, a country artist, was performing. So on Twitter, the narrative is, how could they have Morgan Whalen performing in light of Buffalo? So it's like now every white person, every country artist, this is just, Rita, it's heartbreaking because, again, it's going to shut down all talk of the real issue. And, yes, one person is a problem, but it's such a minute anomaly. And then I see in the newspaper a picture of the two black ladies in tears, and it says, white person targeted black neighborhood. Okay, yeah, the problem is white people. Right. Well, and you bring up some powerful points because they're like doing this big, broad brush and smearing. And this obviously was a hate monger. This was a horrible person who was targeting black individuals. But to smear white people, like you said, with this huge brush is it's it's horrible. And it also doesn't create any, you know, any sense of unity. And it is not the reality. I, I mean, it to me. It is so horrible and so shameful, and to me it is just so politically expedient for the left. Uh, It gets me so angry, and that's where people need to stand up, and good people on both sides need to say, this is ridiculous. And And the Republicans also need to make it very clear. By the way, they need to say, hey, wait a minute. This let's talk about this case. You weren't there. Let's talk about this case. You weren't there. Let's talk about this case. You weren't there. I mean, I mean, that is outrageous. That is what creates division. If you're sitting there and you're fair and you treat everybody equally, and if somebody is a horrible, despicable person, you throw the book at them no matter what color they are. You know, I mean, an evil person is an evil person. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. And yet to this administration, they are selectively picking certain crimes and turning, just ignoring the other ones like they've never existed. And that, I agree with you, creates even more division. And that does not heal. That does not heal the country. It doesn't resolve anything. And it doesn't help with any sort of an honest dialogue to get to good solutions that are good for everybody and that help the community. They're just totally capitalizing on this horrible situation and not looking at a lot of these issues and not resolving it. I mean, it is all politics for them. And that is shameful. David, thanks so much. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach, line six. Go ahead, Michael, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, uh, Rita, if I give you a 180-page manifesto and I tell you, I want you to sit down, Rita, and copy this manifesto in your own handwriting. Did you write that manifesto? So are you trying to say you believe somebody else wrote it for him? Is that what you're thinking? I'm telling you the reality is it takes six months of intense investigation to prove the author of any long essay. And the fact that it may have showed up on uh, the Internet makes it, even harder to prove who did it. But so, wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second, you, Michael. Are you, wait a minute. Hang on, Michael. I'm trying to figure out, are you trying to say like this guy's being framed or where, what are you saying? Uh, this is standard operating procedure 
when you want to introduce a Manchurian candidate. There are thousands of such candidates waiting to be used here in the United States right now. But you don't, hang on a second, Michael, hang on, hang on. I got to call you out on this. You're not saying this guy didn't do what he did. I mean, he clearly did what he did. There are a million people who saw him do it. You're not saying like he's being framed. Is that what you're saying? If he had a 180-page manifesto as a high school student, you should automatically say to yourself, wait a minute. No. Yeah, but hang on a second. Student- All right, let me flip it on you, Michael. Let me flip it on you. What are you saying? I'm trying to make, are you trying to say that like they were, somebody else wrote it? And but he pulled the trigger, right, Michael? You're pretty clear on that. Please tell me you're not you're not that out of touch. You can't figure that one out. Oh, that's easily done too. Yes, he pulled the trigger, and we know exactly how to do that to thousands of people that are candidates right now for what he did. That's easy. Well, Michael, 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 if you're trying to talk about this long process of indoctrination or whatever was going on online. The bottom line is the guy is a loony kazuni. He's a hate monger. He's a despicable human being. And I'm glad that he's locked up and I hope he never sees the light of day. And he pulled the trigger and, you know, whoever, whether he wrote it or somebody else wrote it and then he rewrote it, doesn't matter. He pulled the trigger and he did these horrible, despicable things. We'll find out, obviously, a lot more about this guy. But clearly, the guy is a disgusting human being. Uh, Michael, always interesting. I don't agree with you whatsoever, but certainly interesting. We'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to all sorts of calls on The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. I just heard the most loony kazuni caller calling in, basically saying that maybe the manifesto doesn't really belong to this 18-year-old madman that somehow he transcribed it from somebody else and he was like a walking zombie or something. Well, he is still a ruthless killer, and I'm glad that he is behind bars. But boy, when you see the warning signs, this guy never should have been out on the streets. I say we have to really look into this. We have to figure out why did authorities basically do an interview with him back in June and let him out? What were his parents thinking? His parents surely have had to know, not just the interview with law enforcement, but I wonder what else they knew. They were also apparently the father got him a gun, the gun he used that he opened fire with, Apparently, he got legally because he didn't have a criminal background because when authorities talked to him and said, hey, we understand you're thinking about blowing up the school and opening fire. And somehow he passed a mental evaluation and they never went back to check on him. And then you also have to wonder about other people, like what other people saw warning signs in this kid? Well, it's going to be interesting to see what else we find out from this guy's background And regardless, he was clearly a deranged, mental, horrible madman and a ruthless killer. And what he did to that community, targeting them with the hate in his heart 
and clearly his racist, despicable views are just disgusting. And I also think it is horrible that politicians now on the liberal side and many liberal commentators using this situation to go after conservatives, saying it's their rhetoric that's responsible. That is irresponsible and outrageous. That is so shameful. The politics at this time is so disgusting. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to LQ in the Bronx on line three. Go ahead, LQ. Yes, uh, God's mercy on the families, uh, Rita. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. This teen, as you said, I mean, he, he went through the psychiatric evaluations, threatening the school. He should have never had, you know, never been able to give a, give a gun, get a gun, board of the family, board of law enforcement. For the last 20 years, just about all of the mass killings have been in schools, universities, and mostly, I'm not trying to sound racist, in some white suburban areas on white people. So what the Democrats are saying and what the, the leaders of that saying, it, it goes out the window. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I agree with you. There's so many of these. You, you, you bring up some great points. You're, it, absolutely. It's outrageous. Um, and a lot of these cases are severely, I think, mentally deranged madmen that are just pure evil, men and women, you know, but a lot of guys, pure evil, that absolutely, if someone, you know, interviews you, I agree with you. There needs to be a flag how could it be? And I don't, the gun seller clearly just looks at the information that's in the system and there was no flag. So why was this kid not flagged? That's not a normal thing to say, I'm going to open fire on my school. And, oh, let's give him a pass. No big deal, you know, and not go back and check on him. And I wonder what else the parents knew. I wonder what else other people knew. Uh, there's got to be a lot more to this story. And we need to get to the bottom of this so it does not happen again. Um, and also in other schools, too, and other places, too. Just like you said, you bring up some great points that this is not an issue. I mean, this guy, obviously, was a racist. He was a horrible human being, but he was an evil person. And anybody that is evil, that has any sort of these evil tendencies, no matter what the age, there needs to be a flag. And that should be standard procedure. Thank you very much, LQ. Let's go to Dave real quick uh, on uh, line one from Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question is, when are we going to start holding the FBI accountable instead of being a, starting to evolve into a political police and more one that follows up on law enforcement leads? Case in point, the shooting in Florida, they settled just recently a $28 million suit for negligence. The Charleston shooting, over $80 million lawsuit. Then you look at the uh, case where the Olympians, those girls, uh, the American gymnasts, who are sexually violated by that their position? Who the doc, the, the FBI got leads that this guy was uh, sick. Nothing, no follow-ups. When are they going to start? No, you're right, Dave. Thank you. You're, cracks. Dave. Thank you. You're absolutely right. People need to be held accountable, and they need to be aware that they need to monitor people like this and fess up if there's something wrong. We're going to continue with this tomorrow.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 